This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, Spiritual Warfare, Part 4, The Gospel of Peace. Many people may look good externally, but internally, they do not have peace. We need to be prepared to present the gospel that brings peace. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Today is part four of the series that we're doing on spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare part four is what today is, the fourth part. Uh, Ephesians chapter six is our passage today. Uh, Ephesians chapter six, uh, I want to start at verse number 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the tricks or the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole arm of God. Tell your neighbor, take it up, take it up, take it up. Take up. Therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. I, I want to talk about your shoes. <laughs> Some of these shoes look like they ain't been polished in quite a while. Yeah, so I want to talk about shoes. That's what this passage is about, shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In 2008, President Bush went, had one of his foreign trips, and he did a press conference in Baghdad, Iraq. And a man in the press conference took off his shoe. Do y'all remember that and threw it at the president? He was communicating a message to the president that he didn't like what he stood for. He didn't like his message. So when you don't like something, you take your shoe off and throw it. That's what, that's what it means. I don't want you to take your shoe off. I want you to keep your shoes on. One of my... Uh, cohorts, my past, pastoral friends not too far from here, when that happened, when the, when the president had his shoe, the guy threw a shoe at him, he preached a message about that. He built a mannequin dressed up like the devil and had the members of his church throw their shoes at the devil. I guess they went back and got their shoes after service was over. I don't want you to take off your shoes. I want you to put them on. As a matter of fact, what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus in this sixth chapter is make, make sure that you not only have the shoe on, but have it strapped down tight. Amen. Have it strapped down tight. He says, his, uh, I love what he says here in this, in this passage. He says, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Matter of fact, he says, put your shoes on and, and, and tie it down tight. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. But then he says, with the gospel of peace. Now, here's what he is saying. Here's what we know. Here's what the truth is. 
is that how many of y'all know that the gospel brings peace to your life? The gospel brings joy and victory and deliverance. And, and I know that church people look like they got it all together. Go ahead, look up and down your row. People look like they got everything. They dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's. Go ahead, look around up and down your row. They look like they got it together. But I guarantee you that some jokers that look like they got it together, their life is jacked up. Go ahead, look at them. See if you can figure out who it is. They're depressed. They're down. They're sad. They're troubled. Their finances are out of whack. Their marriage is in trouble. They might be sitting together, but they at each other's throat. Amen. They sleep in different rooms. Go on and preach, Pastor. I'm doing the best that I can. It's all jacked up and messed up all over. Or maybe they, they're, people know how to pretend and perpetrate. They got their best Sunday suit on, but they're miserable on the inside. What the gospel does is transcends your external circumstances and bring you a level of peace that nothing on the outside can interfere with or disrupt. Do y'all know that to be true? Does anybody here know that to be true? That the gospel that we teach and preach to people has the capacity to bring peace to people's lives and hope and victory and answers. And Paul says one of the weapons of our spiritual warfare is that you have your feet shod with the preparation of that gospel. What he is saying is you strap that shoe down. Somebody say strap it down. You tie it down so it doesn't easily come off. As a matter of fact, here's what those, there's some key words here right here today that I want to just highlight for just a moment. He says your feet. Somebody say feet. When he talks about your feet, when he uses this term, have your feet shod, the feet represents your lifestyle. How you live your life every day. Have your feet, have your lifestyle have that strapped down. Now, what happened to me many years ago when I had a good government job? Y'all know they don't make those no more. I went to visit one of my coworkers who had cancer. When I walked into the room, in his hospital room, I saw everything all hooked up to him, and visited him. While I was standing there, the Holy Spirit talk to me. And the Holy Spirit said to me, here you are, a preacher. Here you have the gospel. And yet, not one time in all of the 10 years that you worked with this guy, did you ever share the gospel with him. And now he's on his deathbed, and you had the truth, but you never told him about it. He said, matter of fact, the Holy Ghost said, if he dies in that condition and goes to hell, you bear some responsibility for that. Because you had the truth, but you never took the time to talk to him about it. I can tell by your quietness that there's some conviction. I feel a spirit of conviction just oozing right on. It's just going all the way across the room, and it ought to be. Because you have a responsibility. If you're sitting inside your house looking out your window and you see your neighbor's house across the street, the top floor is on fire. They're down on the lower floor watching television, sitting on the couch laid back. 
But from your vantage point, you know that that house is going, is going to burn up, and if they don't get out, they're going to die. But you just sit, oh, the fire chief is right here today. She's <laughs> Come on, give it up for the fire chief of Prince George's County. I saw her over here wiggling and stuff. <laughs> she said, don't use that illustration, Pastor. Use something else. Uh, but no, I mean, the fact is, if you see that, but you don't go knock on the window, bust the window down, holler, scream to get them out, you have some responsibility. And some of you have been members of this church for decades, and yet you've never taken it upon yourself to learn how to share the gospel with lost and broken and bruised people. You come here week after week. For you, coming to church is all about you. It's all about getting your fix and getting your feeling. I mean, you feeling good about whatever it is. Getting your dance in, getting your celebration, getting your worship. But the fact of the matter is, this is a church that equips people to take the gospel out and give it to other people, share it with other people. We got classes on top of classes, on top of classes, on top of classes. We got classes on Tuesdays. We got classes on Saturday. We got classes on Sunday doing church. We got classes on classes on classes on classes on classes. <laughs> but you're too busy to go and learn how to share the gospel. So since you don't come to Bible study, I'm bringing Bible study to you. <laughs> I've come to tell you and teach you about how to share the gospel. You ain't going to stand before God and say, Pastor Jenkins ain't right. never tell you. Amen. I'm getting ready to tell you right now that your lifestyle, that when this verse says, have your feet shod, the word feet means your lifestyle. Shod means tied down to your feet, strapped on. And the word preparation means you're equipped on the inside. Somebody say equipped on the inside. That you, you got this thing down. And I want you to figure out a way for you to learn what I'm getting ready to teach you. Learn it in your heart and know it and have it. Have it, write it in the front of your Bible. Make a note, put it in your notes in your phone. Do whatever you need to do so that if you come across somebody that needs the gospel, whose life is broken and bruised and battered and they messed up and jacked up and tore up, you have the message of hope for them. And you have a responsibility, and I'm going to teach you how to share it with them right here. In these next few moments that I have, I'm going to teach you how to do it, and you will not be able to stand before God and say, I didn't tell you. Go ahead, Pastor. I'm going to encourage myself. Since y'all ain't encouraging your brother, I'm going to encourage me. I'm going to give you something called Romans Road to Salvation. You know why I chose that? Because all the verses come out of one book. Comes out of the book of Romans. They all come out of the same book. You ain't, you ain't got to go searching through the Bible. All you got to do is find out where Romans is. It's in the New Testament. Yes, sir. <laughs> and all the verses come from this one book. And if you can go from these verses to the verse, to the verse, to the verse, I'm only going to give you four verses, maybe five verses. But they all come from Romans. And if you can understand these verses and share them with people, they can get saved. Amen. Somebody come to you and say, I want to get saved. Well, I need Jesus. What do you, most of y'all say? Come to my church on Sunday. <laughs> they might not make it to Sunday. 
They might die before Sunday. They might have an accident before Sunday. And so you need to be equipped. God's called you to be equipped. If Jesus has made a difference in your life, you have to help him make a difference in somebody else's life. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Okay, here's the first verse. By the way, I, some of y'all know I'm the chaplain for the Washington Wizards. So this weekend was Friday. They had a game, and I did the chapel. I talked to them about hell. I told them that hell was real, that the Bible talks about hell, because you know there's some folk who don't think there's a hell. I sure in hell ain't going to wait <laughs> till I die to find out that there is a hell. I told them about who was going to hell, why hell was designed and made. I told them about how long hell lasts forever. Look at your neighbor and say forever. It's, it's eternity. There's no transition. You don't go to some in-between place, work out your sin, and then graduate to heaven. There's no purgatory. But go ahead. Let's just, just imagine for a moment there is a purgatory, that you go to a place, work off your sin, and then graduate to hell. Look up and down your row and go ahead. Come to the conclusion that even if you could work your way out of hell, out of, out of purgatory and graduate, that your sin's so bad you would be in hell, uh, be in purgatory for eternity if it was. Go, go ahead, look up and down. And say, oh, yeah, look, look at the people there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is no in-between. That's something a pope came up with. There's nothing. That purgatory's not in the Bible. Yeah, you either going to heaven or hell. Tell your neighbor, you're going to heaven or hell. Which is it? Ask them. Which is it? Which one you going to? Did I say ask them which one they going to? Did y'all wait for an answer? There's no in-between. And then I said this. I concluded the message with the, with the players after I told them about hell, who was going to hell, how long hell lasts, what goes on in hell. Hell has... Uh, fire and brimstone and worms and pain and, and, and crying and screaming. I, I described it all to them. And then I said to, this, to them this, what in hell do you want? <laughs> Not a damned thing. <laughs> Y'all will get it in the morning time. Y'all, I'm not cussing. It goes, it goes, it's all good language. Come on, holler at a brother. Say amen. Yeah, not a... I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be in hell. I don't want nothing in hell. And some of you today are headed toward hell. Your life is leading you to hell. Your choices, your decision, your beliefs leading you, to, leading you to hell. But I got great news. You don't have to go to hell. Oh, yeah, you don't have to go. Here's, here's, let me give, I, I better get to these verses right here. Romans, Romans 3.23. There's the first verse right there. Here's all these verses in Romans. Romans wrote the salvation, we call it. Romans 3.23, here's what it says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That puts us all in the same category that we are all sinners. We've all mixed, mit, fallen short of the glory, the standard that God requires. We have, we've missed that. And it's not because of what you did, it's because of how you were born. We're born sinners. We're born with a sin nature. You, 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 you and I are born with a sin nature. And so we've all, that's why the scripture can say, all have sinned. 
and all our sinners, as a matter of fact. We're all sin. Romans 3.10, just jot it down, I'm not going to read it, but 3.10 says the same thing. There's none righteous. Nobody's righteous. We've all missed the point. But Romans 3.23 says, uh, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, and then Romans 6.23, let's go to Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Somebody say the wage. That means the pay. It means the consequences, the wages, the, 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 the payback. The, the wages of sin is death. And that word death means to be separated from God. That's what it means. So some of y'all are dead right now. You're separated from God. And it will, it will transition. If you don't change, it'll transition into eternity. That you'll be eternally separated from God. You're separated from God now, and you'll be separated from him in eternity. The wages of sin, the reward, the consequence, the payback for living a sinful life and rejecting God and rejecting Christ is to be eternally separated from God. For the wages of sin is death, but, somebody say but. but. I like when God puts his but in my circumstance. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that verse right there. It says God's gift. Here's what I love about that verse. It says it's a gift. It's free. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't work your way in getting it. You, you don't get to heaven by working. You don't get there because you're singing the choir. You, you don't get there because you're a member of the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. It's a gift. God gives it away as a gift. It's free. It don't cost anything. Yeah, you can't, you can't pay your way there. It's a gift. It's free. The gift of God is eternal life, life eternally. And you get it in Christ Jesus. There ain't but one way to heaven, y'all. You can talk to whoever you want to. But they can say what they want to say. There are not many roads that lead to heaven. All roads don't lead to the same place. There's one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except by me. There's only one way. And you need to understand that and believe that and know that that's the truth. How do we, Pastor Jenkins, how can you know that Jesus is the only one that's the right way? Because Jesus did something that none of the rest of them did. Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and rose. He got up out of the grave afraid of dying because I know when I die I'm getting up again because he got up again. He conquered death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's through Christ that we get it. That's what Romans 6.23 says. Hold up. Let me, share, let me go to number three. Verse number three. Go ahead to verse number three. Go ahead pastor to verse number three. Hurry up pastor. Give us verse number three. Romans 5 8 says, but God, there's another but. God done stuck his butt in another situation. <laughs> but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Woo I feel like hollering and shouting right there. Y'all don't know when a good time to shout is because the verse says that God shows us how much he loves us in that while we were in our sin. God didn't die for you. Jesus didn't die for you after you got it straight. While you were a drug addict, while you were drinking, while you were whole around and 
sleeping around and lying and stealing and doing whatever it is you did. He saw you do what you do when you did what you did. He still died for you. in our sin. When Jesus died, that was 2,000 years ago. You wasn't born, but because he's God, he looked into the future and saw your sin. And you know what I like? He saw the sin you did in your past. He see the sin you're doing right now. He see the sin you're going to do in your future. And he said, I'm going to still die for them. That's, what I, that's why I love Jesus in spite of me. Y'all y'all don't get it. Look at your neighbor and say, you nasty. Look at your neighbor and tell her, you nasty, cantankerous, mean, evil, got attitude, you got secrets, you got bad behavior, but he still died for you. Somebody ought to give God a praise that, that, that he, he still died. That's why I'm praising him. He still died. I'm thanking God he's died for me. Yeah, I'm a joker. I'm a jacked up joker. I'm the president of the jacked up joker club. Yeah, I don't try to perpetrate and pretend like I have it all together, like I dot every I and cross every T. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of Almighty God. Hallelujah. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Y'all miss a great, y'all keep missing great spots to say amen. Let me read that to you again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if, if you confess him as Lord, in charge of your life, Lord, master, controller of your life, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead. Now, if you believe God raised him from the dead, it also means that you believe that he died on the cross and was buried. Hallelujah. And that's why I'm serving him, because he died on the cross and was buried and was raised from the dead. Buddha didn't get up out of the grave. Confucius didn't get up out of the grave. Harry Christian didn't get up out of the grave. Run on down the list of all of those so-called messiahs. Ain't none of them got up out of the grave. Jesus got up out of the grave. <laughs> Believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead. You shall be saved. Y'all see that right there? For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then he says this, verse 13. Let me close this dynamic word with verse 13. Let me shout on verse 13. Let me run around the building right here on verse 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever that's me that's you that's your jacked up cousin 
It's your spouse that don't go to church. It's your nephew, whoever, would open their mouth and call on the name of Jesus. He will save them. Look straight ahead. Nobody will know I'm talking about you. But I'm unashamedly proud to declare that I've called on the name of the Lord. I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid nor ashamed to declare I need him. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. God has a call on our lives to share the gospel with those who are lost, broken, and bruised. Romans Road to Salvation is a tool that can be used to lead non-believers to Jesus. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week. Thank you.